The world didn't need another hockey podcast. It needed a better one. Bear witness to the two-man forecheck. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Mike. We are a week... uh, We are actually uh, four days into the month of December. Uh, So just about a week past Thanksgiving. Say it ain't so. It's so. It's definitely so. Does that, um, mean that, does that mean that the standings are what they are? The standings are what they are, but are they... Is this one of those years where we're going to get the 70% or higher making the playoffs, or the 70% or lower making the playoffs among higher those teams currently in a playoff position? Higher or lower than what? 70%, I think, is normally the number. Oh, like 70% of the teams that are currently in are going to stay in? Yeah, like right now, I mean, in the East, I mean, I know we talked about this last week, but right now, the eight teams in the East would be New Jersey, Carolina, Islanders, Boston, Toronto, Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, and Florida. I think we might actually see most of those teams. I think Florida is going to rise. I think Pittsburgh is going to fall, particularly with one of the stories that we're going to talk about in a moment. I'm still shocked by the Rangers. Um, Out West, who knows? I mean, Seattle is Seattle has proven themselves to be through 24 games a a viable team. I mean, at this point, we have to. I'm on December 4th, 2022. At this point, I believe we finally have to accept that New Jersey is for real. Whether they. Whether they win the division or the even the East in the regular season or not, I don't know. But I think they're going to. I'm fairly certain they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, barring a cataclysmic, like I'm talking biblical apocalyptic thud. Yes, they should make the playoffs. Um. Dallas, Winnipeg, Colorado, Vegas, Seattle, Los Angeles, Edmonton, and Minnesota. Colorado should be licking their wounds after the beating they just took at the hands of the Bruins. They gave up two goals to Trent Frederick. I'm one of the bigger Trent Frederick fans around. Um, but that's a no. <laughs> Colorado, they, they should. They, they took a beating. And I mean physically as well. Nick... Nick Foligno beat the heck out of some kid that was three inches and a couple of pounds, not too many, but a couple of pounds heavier than him. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, did you realize, and I did not know this, who would you guess is the leader in hits on the Boston Bruins? Uh, This is a trick question. I mean, no, just who would you automatically who would you, goes who, to, who would you uh, guess that is all I'm asking? Who would guess you guess automatically be Connor Clifton? That would but be your guess or that's my best guess. Yes. Wow. You'd be you'd be correct. Connor Clifton is currently leading the team in hits. Who's leading the team in block shots? Derek Corbett. Wrong. It would once again be Connor Clifton. Do you know okay. which defenseman they never talk about in Boston? 
um, Mike Riley. Connor, well, okay, fair enough. I'll give you that one. But it would be Connor Clifton because it's always about the Hall of Famer and his tag team partner, Hampus Lindholm, who I love the deal. I was hugely in favor of the deal when they brought Hampus Lindholm in because having seen him play in Anaheim, it was. Uh, he was very solid in Anaheim. He has a been. Move. He has been a full level higher in Boston, and I will say that I think he's been better this year than McAvoy. I would say that three out of the six, three out of the five other defensemen have been better than Charlie McAvoy. That would include Hampus Lindholm. That would include Connor Clifton, and that would include Derek Forboy, except the fact that he got hurt. But yet somehow the Forboy Clifton line gets like cursory things here and there. But anyway, I, I, just the whole physicality thing of the game the other night because Clifton was hitting everybody and, and Brad Marchand was getting all kinds of accolades for his – the wonderful, wonderfully healthy hips he has. He's still not back to 100% though from the la- – I did not get a chance that's, to see the full game last night. That's what he says. He says he's not 100% yet, but if you watch him, if he's not 100%, 100% going to be scary. Like, for me, when I think of Brad Marchand at 100%, even though it ended with a a, a cartoon-like calamity, um, I think I go back to that game against Montreal seven, eight years ago. Brad Marchand is tearing up the ice at ridiculous speeds, taking a windy path uh, from the defensive zone to the offensive zone Mm -hmm. and going around everyone and everything. And the only guy on the ice you could get anywhere near him and indeed laid him out was P.K. Subban. And I haven't seen that in recent years. He said himself that it's been five or six years since he's been close to 100 percent. And I've seen some really I've seen him use his strength. Well, I have not seen the la- the lateral agility um, and the breakaway speed that was every bit as fast as Pasternak, every bit as fast as Taylor Hall um, in a couple of years, at least three. But I'm, I'm talking more about, yeah, the, I have not seen that either, but some of the moves that he's making his ability to turn his hips in certain, in certain situations, his, his escape ability, that is evident. And the fact that he can do those things because his body isn't hurting, his hips aren't hurting. If he, if, and when he does get back to what he perceives to be a 100%, because he said it himself that he still doesn't feel that he's come a hundred percent back, but it, it will be scary, and we probably will see that speed. Now, will it be the top speed that he had five, seven, ten years ago? Probably not. Probably not. But if he improves on what he's currently got, yeah, that, that is – then the NHL needs to watch out because already one of the top left wings in the game and improving. If he's not – if he gets back to even 90 percent for him – Yes, he probably is the top left wing in the game. 
I know they play Dreisaitl there sometimes, and I've gained enormous respect for Dreisaitl. Well, they, they put him in stone. Or is Stone a right winger? I thought he was left. I thought Stone played right wing. But, he might. Um, I, you know what? Here, or here's my definition. If I need to win the next three games in the regular season to make the postseason, which of those three guys am I taking? Well, I'm Brad. taking Brad Marchand. Yes. If I have to pluck someone from any point in their career out of a time or out of out of some point in the past and drop them onto the ice in the Stanley Cup final in game seven of those three I'm still taking Brad Marsha agreed no disrespect to the other guys Leon Dreisaitl amazing talent but he hasn't proven he can win when it's all on the line Mark Stone has not proven he can win when it's all on the line. That's not saying that I think that they're weak, that they're full, that they fold every time the pressure's hot. But Brad Marchand's been there and done that. He had two goals against Vancouver in Game Seven as effectively a rookie. In fact, I think he was technically a rookie that season, um, and that was playing on line with mostly Mark Recchi, who was. <clears throat> hockey slow and hockey old by that time. He's seven years behind Bergeron? Yeah, he's... I didn't realize it was... I didn't realize the window was that... uh, or the the gap was that wide years-wise between them. Yeah, it's... I know that Krug was a rookie that year. No, Krug was a rookie the next year. It It was McQuaid who was, I think, also a rookie that year. And Sagan. Sagan, definitely, yes. Krug didn't Krug didn't come until after that because he was the first, he was there the same first year as Dougie and mm-hmm. um, I want to say uh, Matt Grizzlick. No, I think Grizzlick was the next year. But anyways, yeah, we are way way off topic already. No, I just wanted I, I I was actually just sticking to the physicality thing. I did not mean to lead us down a path. But yes, as far as as far as teams go and and. They always say that once you get past Thanksgiving, then you pretty much know what you know and and whatnot. And I don't I just don't know if I'm ready to buy it yet, with the exception of especially in the West. I I, the Stanley Cup champions did not look like any they look like anything but against the Bruins. And I understand the Bruins are on a crazy tear, but they they just did not look about the streak. And I'm hesitant to do. I don't actually want to do so at this point. Yeah, you believe in you. You believe in in jinxes. I know. No, I don't necessarily believe in jinxes, but I want to talk. I don't want to have to talk about it every week for like eight weeks until it, it's no more. Fair enough. Um, what I do want to talk about, uh, Brock Besser, <laughs> is. Almost certainly officially on the block for real this time. I mean, he's almost certainly been very nearly officially on the block for like All right. his entire career. He's been on the block for he's been on the block in various stages for the last three years minimum. I would say it's probably it's probably closer to four. It, it feels like it's been Brock Besser's entire career. And yes, he's only 25. Which leads um, me to 
which leads me to ask the question, why, if they're willing to move on him so easily, did they even bother drafting him? Why didn't they just grab somebody else? And I don't know who else was in that draft. I have not that's, looked it up. So That's the thing. I feel like they took the best player available, but it wasn't the best player for their what they wanted to do at the time. And we're a couple of, we're at least one GM later. Uh, Cause he was the 2015 draft. Um, not a draft that I recall. Oh yes. Let's super not talk great about, affection. Yeah. Let's not talk about that draft. Although. Yeah. No. Um, Again, a conversation on its own. <laughs> because I think that, well, anyways, Brock Besser was the 23rd. Oh wait, so he was still so he was still available. Okay, he was indeed still available. Okay, just checking. Um, and coming off the board after him, Travis Konechny, Jack Roslewick, um, a couple of guys who have yet to play in the NHL, not necessarily good. Anthony uh, Bo, uh, Bo, uh, Bolivier, Obavillier. Ah, uh, yes, one of the killer of bees in the Islanders. The rest of that draft isn't particularly great. Um, just, Sebastian Ajo is probably the best player drafted after him that I can think of. Um, he was th- he went 35th. Oops. 2015's uh, version of uh, – as far as oops we missed, 2015's version of Patrice Bergeron. I'm not, compla- I'm not comparing there. But that would be – that would be the same thing as, oops, we all missed Ruby on Patrice. Drafted uh, 49th in that draft. Ooh. Ooh. And I Hint's love me some Rope. I love me some Rope Hints. Um, but I, anyways, not my favorite draft ever. No, but poor Brock Besser is. It, it, but I know I, the players. I play about him as I did about Mark Stewart here in Boston. They drafted him because they knew he was reliable and they imagined him to be something he's not. I mean, I know that players. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I know that players say that they don't read and and they don't listen to sports radio and they don't read art. Somewhere, A, I don't know if I buy that, but B, even if they don't, Somebody somewhere, you bump into somebody at the supermarket, you bump into somebody at the mall, you bump into somebody when you're out on, you know, out Someone on a personal you night. Sends you a DM on Insta, on Insta or whatever. You hear he's, he's got to be aware of all this. And that alone is going to affect the psyche when you're out there on the ice. So if he's struggling I I put it on the organization. I put it on the that, press and the organization that they that this always comes up that he's always quote unquote on the block. He's always rumored to be traded. Or, or but if it, you look at his numbers, <clears throat> they're hardly struggle numbers. They're really strong second line or first line on a weak team uh, numbers. His first full season, seventeen eighteen. 62 games, 29 goals, 26 assists. Next year, 26 goals, 30 assists, 56 points in uh, 69 games. We have the lock. Uh, we have the uh, COVID-shortened 1920 season, 
45 points in 57 games. Next year, 49 points in 56 games. You know, he's... Then then that leads me back to the, I blame part of the on the organization, because either A, trade the man. I think the problem here is that they're not willing to entertain offers because they have pie in the sky ideas that they're going to get three first round picks for this guy. We don't, we, we don't, we're, we're not, we're not really interested in moving him, you know, but no, at this point it feels like they more want someone to blame than to actually fix the issues with the team. Thank you. Because it's, it's either him or Bo Horvat who is on the trade block at all times. Sometimes it's both. Sometimes, yes, this is true. Package deal. <laughs> you know what? If I were the GM in a lot of cities and someone legit offered me a pa- said, put, put together the right package and you can have Horvat and, and Besser, I would talk to their agents in a hurry, make sure that the two players actually got along. Don't have to be the best buds, but actually got along. And I would... I would get my uh, backside on that deal because between the two of them right now, they're at 12 million in salary. Well, a little over 12 million. Yes. Uh, Hovat's a Horvat's a UFA at the end of the year, but you've got two more seasons on Besser. That's six, why I, six, that's five. why, that's why I'd be chasing Besser. I mean, if you, he's got term, I understand that that might cost you an extra draft pick or an extra prospect, but he's got two years of term still that, so to me, that's delightful. Okay, so here's what I was thinking of before the show. Okay. Your Patrick Elvin, GM of the Vancouver Canucks. The fact that it was announced and shared with the media went into the pregame uh, or into the pregame. Uh, release of the uh, start of the roster uh, got to the player that he was not going to be playing on hockey fights, cancer night in Vancouver when he lost his father to cancer earlier this year, his whole family was in the building. And suddenly, uh, suddenly he's, Rumors, rumors, rumors had permission that his agents had permission to speak to other teams about facilitating a trade. So okay. here's the thing. Well, before you get there, here's my thing. If you're going to turn around and tell me that, yes, Brock Besser, uh, Hockey Night in Canada, reportedly been granted permission to talk after Saturday morning skate. The head after talking about scratching him, the head coach replied, "Tough love is tough love." On hockey, yes, on the situation you described on hockey fights cancer and yeah, for for Boudreau to say tough love is tough love, and this is why Bruce Boudreau ages like fish as a head coach. <laughs> Not very well. Like he. The t- like tough love is tough love is. I I, I get the idea. No. Okay, I no. get the idea. You 
you know, I get the idea. You bench players that aren't performing. I just think the timing is awful. And I wait, don't think. Wait, stop. 15 points, 19 games. Where is the non-performance? That's I, I understand about that. The highest. That's just about the highest points percentage uh, of his career. In fact, it may well be. His plus well, minus is not good, but his de- the defense and goaltending there are terrible. Yes. And as, as but uh, hey, right out of the horse's mouth, I know he's capable of being much better. We want to win and we need him, I think, over the long haul to win. But I mean, we have to be better. It could have been one of a few guys. But sometimes it's just something you have to do. Really? On Hockey Fights Cancer Night, really? you know has lost their parent. Not like their grandparent, not like a great uncle, their parent, in less than a year ago. How is Besser not do- – I have more respect for this guy because he hasn't said a word. I mean, when DeBrusque wasn't happy with Cassidy, he wanted out of town on a rail. Demanding, demanding trades has to be tra- Besser, as far as I know, because I haven't seen anything in print or in video or in any kind of media. Besser hasn't said any of those things. He hasn't said, I want out. I want to be gone. This is driving me up the wall. I can't stand Boudreaux. Nothing. Um, so here's my here's my here's my uh, certain people in Boston actually grow as said. Um pie-in-the-sky trade proposal. Hey, I'll hear it. Now, the issue is uh, his cap is six and change. Okay. The Bruins, uh, I have nearly $6 in cap space. Um, and that's only a slight exaggeration. Um, so here's the trade proposal. In exchange for uh, Besser... Okay. The Bruins send Brandon Carlo and Craig Smith and either a prospect not named Lysel <laughs> Good or, their, that, okay. or, a, or a second round pick. I know this is going to I know we, we, we keep including or the thoughts are that we can unfortunately I think Carlo is the only defensive uh, capital that we have that's actually gonna and I say move this, the needle on a trade. And I say this as someone who likes Carlo. Yes. And and he's actually according to according to the guys on and Billy Jaffe and, and Barry Peterson, he's starting to round into form and he's starting to look like the Brandon Carlo that we've come to rely on. If that's the case, the more, the better he plays, the more I'm expecting that a certain GM is not going to use him in any sort of deal. Well, here's the thing. Vancouver desperately needs defensive defensemen. Yes. They desperately need playoff experience. Brandon Carlo yes. has them. I understand that. 
Um, he also has size. He does throw the puck at the net once in a while. He he's he's reliable. Uh, right now, I think they're the closest thing to have to a reliable defensive defenseman is OEL, and he's not. He's, he's more, not the player he used to be. No. Um, but here. <clears throat> I know that Craig Smith is basically a we need to hit cap compliance throw in. Yes. And personally, I wouldn't care as much as I. As much as Craig Smith used to get it done. I mean, he's 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 platooning with. He's platooning, but he still played 12 of the games so far this season. He's only put in four points. No, I just I, I th- oh wow I didn't realize he'd played in twelve games. I thought he was platooning with Frederick and and not getting into many games. And the fact that he's sitting on the uh, on the ninth floor and I know that he hasn't performed points wise. And I'd like to see Trent Frederick get a little bit more traction. Yeah, I, I I'm trying to think of the the right way to phrase it. I'd like to see him. A more permanent part of the lineup. Yes, I understand that there are num- there are some nights where he doesn't, but most nights he's showing up, and I yep. think we I think you need to let him like like Connor Clifton. He's got more upside right he now. He needs that, to grow, that, and he's not going to grow sitting in a chair. Yeah, and he's got more upside at this point than Craig Smith does. Period. Yes. If I could make that trade, I would do it. I would not like losing Carlo, but gaining Besser and having your having having Brock Besser, Taylor Hall, um, and Charlie David Coyle, Kostinak, and Brad Marchand in your top as your top four wingers. Yeah, I'll do that every day. Is Besser going to – I mean, on this team, there really isn't a high – I mean, there is, but there really isn't a hierarchy, if you know what I'm saying. I mean, the expectations of what a first, second, third line is Actually, supposed to be. What, you, have to, you have to put Jake DeBrusque in there, too, because he's been performing. Yeah. Um. So having those five, and maybe you bring LaSalle up uh, in a couple of weeks – um, or is he, you know, is he ready for prime time? Do we do? Does he need more marinating in 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 Providence? That's anyone. I I think that you can make the debate either way. It depends. I mean, if he's going to come up and play, you know, eight minutes a night, no, there's no point in bringing him up. If he's going to come up and play twelve and a half, fourteen minutes a night, you can make that case. Fair enough. I I just I don't see a need to really bring him up with the with the way the organization is. I'd rather him get time. LaSalle has 14 points in 17 games, five goals, nine assists and even in Providence so far this year. OK, but um, year, how many minutes a night is he playing there? Tracking AHL minutes is not easy. No, I understand that, but I'm going to guess that he's probably getting fourth of 16. Yeah. Yes. If you bring him up 
and he's suddenly goes down to seven, eight minutes a night, you're hurting him. You're hurting his progress. Absolutely. But so I don't as I said, I, if you're going to play, if you're going to be able to play him north of 12 minutes a night, yes, I, I would love to bring him up and see what he can do in that, in the dog days of the season. Um, because if you can, if he can produce then and be healthy and in playoff form and in sync with whoever else he's playing with, uh, once the calendar flips to the playoffs, because yes, uh, while Luke Torpakowski and Vinny Letere have higher point totals in the AHL this year, I um, do not believe that they actually have longer or higher NHL potential because, let's face it, Vinny Letere is, is significantly older. Uh, I mean, Vinny Letere was born in 95. He's... He's been around. He was born in 95? He was born in 95. Luke Torkopikowski is at least a 2001, um, so he's still relatively young. Yeah. Wow, I didn't realize Letary was that. And I'm going to say the word old. I mean, I, I'm not trying to be insulting. I mean, but I didn't realize he was that old. Wow. He's been around. Uh, Just a bit. He is 27 years old, uh, four years at Minnesota. He's played for the Hartford Wolfpack, the New York Rangers, the Ducks, the San Diego Gulls, and this is his first year in Providence. Um, I mean, he has so he has he has he's had a cup of coffee in the in the NHL though. 82 games, uh, seven goals, 11 assists in that time. So in a in a season's worth of games with multiple teams, he's actually got eighteen he's, points. I mean, his bet most of the time, most of that came last year with the Ducks, where he had five, five, and ten in thirty-one games, which is a, which is a solid pace, a third of a point per game. Um, he's a center, right shot on the smaller side. <laughs> It's a, of course he's a center. He's on. He's 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 in the Bruins organization. Of course he's a center. I know. I I <laughs> amazed that Jack Ishan is not listed as a center. Honestly, Kyle Kaiser is listed as a center. Nick Wolf listed as a center. <laughs> yeah, Keith Kincaid. He's a center. <laughs> By the way, what is with the goaltenders in Providence and alliteration? Brandon Boosie, Kyle Kaiser, Kid Kincaid. Yeah, that's that <laughs> seems to be something stuck in the heads of uh, of leadership, and I use that word loosely. I mean, they acquired Rick DiPietro. What they 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 were sleeping that day? <laughs> somebody else was somebody else pulled off the deal. Somebody else. Well, they probably call him Dick DiPietro. Yeah. Um, so back to back. Way off topic. Brandon Busey is killing it in Providence this year. Yes. He's had nine game. Uh, n- or wait a minute, nine games. Wait a minute. Uh, let me go back. Oh, nine game thing. or through nine games this year, nine thirty-two save percentage. Um, 
932 save percentage uh, as a rookie. Um, six one and two. Got it. Pretty, uh, pretty nice stats. He's sixth in the A. Behind Jonas Johansson, who's been around. Dustin Tokarski has been around. Zach Bukale has been around. The only two names ahead of him that I don't recognize are Hunter Shepard and Matthew Villalta. Brendan Busey, six, 2.31 goals against. Hey. Back, uh, attempting to get back to topic. So if Brock Besser could be one for the Boston Bruins at a semi-reasonable price where he still has that term on his contract, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Um you uh, you found uh, the athletic power rankings, which had some <laughs> really fun uh, stuff in there. Uh, Why don't you lead off? Well, we can uh, we can either jump straight to the the segue, or I can actually discuss the whole list. But uh, let's go to the, let's jump straight to the segue. So the power rankings, the athletic does periodically and this one happens to be uh written two days ago on december 2nd they also include a little bit of a wish list uh so because it's christmas time and and these are things that they would like to see for individual players or the team itself um oh i'm sorry it says right here we're kicking off the holiday season offering up one item on every team's wish list if you don't see your favorite unwrapping the exact gifts on the 25th. Just know it's because they're a naughty team. They got a lump of coal instead, or they just don't celebrate. Either way, everyone has stuff they could use. So we'll jump straight to number 26, Vancouver Canucks. Now, no one's surprised to see them down in 26th. I get it. But the wish list item for this team is someone to tear off the Band-Aid. Yeah. Because the team is terrible. Like a team. Five, five. Well, no, I, I understand. The description says a 5-5-0 five, five run, plus the fact they play in the Pacific Division, seem like reason for a squint, and you can see it. Optimism for the Canucks. Thursday brought a 5-1 loss to Florida and an injured goaltender. Acceptance mode will follow, eventually. <laughs> I love that one. And there's a, I don't want to do the whole list in order because it does the athletic a disservice. Um, the bottom one, like 32 Anaheim Ducks wish list, a fast forward button to April. They finally <laughs> won one in regulation, pour one out for the early season's best running joke. Ouch. Number 28, Philadelphia Flyers wish list. Another 10-game losing streak. See, I just like, don't want to. I just don't want to see Torts take it on the chin again. I, I like, understand that he can, but that's that all by itself is just the most brutal. That, that is the most brutal burying of a NHL team I have seen in like a decade. Well, it says given the total absence of top-end talent. From the organization. Well, Carter Hart had his had the flukiest of fluke goals this week, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But like this team cannot catch a break unless it's a literal one where someone's stick explodes at the wrong time or someone's bones break at any time. 
because there's no right time for that to happen. I do feel I feel for I, I I'm surprised a little bit that Torch took this job. I think that he was hoping it would be useful. It would be. I was. I think he was hoping it would be better than what it what it is. I don't know. He probably looked at at some of the young some of the young on this team and went, "There's something here." I, what needs to happen is they need to buy into whatever he whatever Torts is selling, and run with it. And I don't even think this team has the collective ability to buy into one of those little rides in front of the supermarket right now. And it's not just that. It's not just that they're bad, because collectively they are. I don't know how. I don't know if there's even five players on a given night who believe that they're really, really, really NHL quality players. Because I've tuned into several of their games. They don't play that way. They don't play that way. This it's, is true. It's, it's the Vancouver Canucks all over again. This is a mirror image of that team. More injuries, more calamity and goal. But I feel bad with that, Jademko. I don't know how bad his injury is, and I wish him a speedy recovery. But but they don't look like they think they belong and can win. Fair enough. And what is – oh, wait, I have a question. What is the hottest toy on the market for this Christmas season? Holiday season. <laughs> a high draft pick? <laughs> That's a toy? I never wanted to play with a high draft pick as a kid. Hey, hey, look at the um, look at the look at what the Sweeneyus does with his high draft picks. He certainly doesn't plan usefully uh, plan to use them usefully. Well, apparently, if you're in Chicago, your wish list is for Connor Bedard. They've been begging. Should. They've been begging Santa for months, but unfortunately for the Blackhawks, so have a few other teams. Chicago has done some excellent work of late to put itself firmly in the mix, losing eight straight and 14 of 16. But Bedard is a hot item this holiday season. <laughs> I this art this this power rankings is, is very it's very well written. Sean Gentile and Dean, uh, I am not even going to try. Somebody, uh, they, they, somebody invested a little time in this one. This wasn't just, hey, let's throw a power ranking together. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. Oh, no. number seven. I think that one's that one's kind of funny too. Winnipeg Jets wish list. Some damn respect from the power rankings boys. <laughs> uh. Overall, I I kind of like I kind of like this list a lot. See, I don't no, necessarily I agree with the placement because it doesn't bear much resemblance to the to the actual rank uh, the actual uh, in some ways endings. In some ways, I respect that though because just be, just because a team is in a certain place in the standings doesn't necessarily mean that sometimes your sometimes your your record is not who you are, I guess. I don't know. And I just, Vegas, six, five, six, Vegas at six, I think is wrong. Like clear cut wrong. 
And I, I already know that number 23's wish list item is your favorite, so. I Go ahead. Number 23, <clears throat> Buffalo Savers. Some would say this is premature. We say it's prudent. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The wish list item, a statue for Tage Thompson outside the Key Bank Center. <laughs> you know, they're not Some wrong. I, I think that. I think that their real wish list should be a defenseman who's as effective as Tage Thompson is. Some would say this is premature. We say it's prudent given the rocket-like trajectory Tage is on right now. This guy oozes oomph, and it's only a matter of time before he actually earns a statue. Why not just start building it now? If it's not outside Key Bank Center, feel free to build it outside Power Rankings HQ. We'll keep it safe for the next decade. By the way, Tage is on pace for 51 goals and 109 points. Just an absolute monster of a player. I figured I'd no. boost your ego a little bit. You know, oh, it doesn't it doesn't need it, but I figured I'd do it anyway because this is a holiday season, season of giving. <laughs> ho ho ho! Facts are facts, and honestly, I'm surprised that you're not greatly insulted at the wish list item for the Boston Bruins. That, you know, there's probably a statue, a street named after him, and maybe a couple of, maybe the entire loge renamed for Linus Olmark. He's only the best goaltender in the NHL. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Um, you can't. That's what I'm saying. You can't. There is no arguing. I will not, I can't even entertain disagreement right now. He is the best goaltender in the NHL. Sure he is. You don't want you don't believe it? Have you looked up stats and and let's go beyond the stats. Still the best goaltender in the NHL. Of course he is. Only goaltender with an uh, only goaltender that has enough starts to have a, a goals against of under 2. That's just number one. Save percentage. Oh, wait. Leads in that category with a 936. The only one he doesn't lead in is shutups, though. And he should have. He could have had one against. He could have had one against Colorado the other night, except that a certain Hall of Famer fell asleep on the job, knocked the other defenseman out of the way. And Omar, unfortunately, was out of position because he was expecting McAvoy to do his job. Oh, right. Yeah, that. Uh-huh. Sure, sure. You said you didn't watch the game. Go watch it. I'll send you a clip. No, it's just amazing watching you make excuses for him. I'm not making excuses for him. A goal got by, he didn't get a shutout. But if it was Connor Clifton in front of him instead of Charlie McAvoy, he might have actually got the shutout. Charlie McAvoy McAvoy has a place on the Bruins' defense. Unfortunately, they overuse him in certain situations. (laughs) I just, I, I, Linus Olmark right now, I mean, I like the wish list item number one because I fully respect it. I love Patrice Bergeron. If we can get him 
one more cup before he rides off into the sunset. I mean, wouldn't that just be a postcard picture perfect ending? Oh, I, look, I am never, ever, 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 ever going to argue with giving with getting anything for Patrice Bergeron. If it happens to make other people look better and uh, brings a cup to town as well, so much the better. Um, that Logan Thompson kid just won't go away, though. Nope. Um, and <laughs> it's kind of awesome. So while hey, we're talking, I, I'm happy for talking, Logan. Yes. Uh, I am putting up a poll um, mm-hmm. with that trade proposal. Oh, okay, cool. Brandon Carlo or Brent? Yeah, Brandon Carlo, Craig Smith, and a prospect not Lysel for Brock Besser. All right, there will be a link in the description at the end when we po- when this publishes. Um, it will be up before the show is rec- done recording. Um, it will run for three, uh, three and a half days or so. And if I remember, because I usually forget, I will toss up a new post, uh, a new poll around the time that this one comes down. And if anyone who listens works at Twitter, how about setting a time when the poll will actually, or having <laughs> settings tell you when it's going to expire? We can, we can, we can kvetch it at Twitter. <laughs> like everyone else. Yes. I don't know if it's going to work, but hey, Elon Musk is in charge now, so. There's probably not anyone left to uh, do the customer service stuff. <laughs> Did they get rid of that many people? <laughs> I genuinely believe they are under 50%, under maybe even as low as 40% of the people who were there when Elon took over. Wow. Uh, That's the best indication for, based on what I've seen in the news, and I know a few people who used to work there. Um, Diving back into the other things, um, Chris Letang out after having a a stroke. This is at least the second one he's had in his career. Mm -hmm. Um, Speedy recovery, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Chris Letang was born with a hole in his heart, never quite closed up. Um, he's been with the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, I believe, his whole career. His whole career, yeah. Um, started playing in the 06-07 season, 962 games, out indefinitely. Um, does have a good bit of term left on his contract. Uh, looks like it runs through the end of the oh uh, the 28 uh, 27-28 season. Um, supposedly he's okay, but strokes are not good for anyone. And I, no, I know that there's other things he wants to do with his career. He wants to finish playing. He probably really, whether he'll admit it or not, wants to cross that thousand game mark and have, you know, himself and Malkin and Crosby, be three players who played a thousand games together for the same franchise, won a couple of cups in that time, but make the best decisions for your health and your family first. You've made a good bit of money in your career. If you've done even an okay job at investing and managing it, 
you should be set for a reasonable amount of time. And now, has he ever has he ever won in has he ever won a Norris? No, I do not believe he's won any individual awards. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to look it up off the top of my head. I don't no. remember. Uh, he's played in World Juniors. He's played. I know he's got multiple Stanley Cups, obviously, having been with the Penguins his entire career. But I just couldn't remember whether he had any individual award. But seriously, I mean, this is I know that he tweeted out that, you know, he, he, he's OK and then coming back soon and all this stuff. But, yeah, it's just a two time cup winner and a two time all star. No individual just, awards. Yeah. Well, hey, it, uh, I mean, he's. Uh, he's been, you know, it's actually three-time cup winner. Oh uh, nine, sixteen, and seventeen, all-star mm. game six times. Um, he had the uh, Michelle Briere Rookie of the Year award for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Pittsburgh Penguins Best Defensive Player of the Year in fifteen and sixteen. Uh, won a Junior World Junior Gold in six and seven. World Junior Ice Hockey Champions All-Star in oh seven. Um, awards in, let's see, Major Junior. He won QMJHL Rookie of the Year in 05, uh, CHL All-Rookie Team 05, QMJHL um, First Team All-Star in 06 and 07, Emile Bouchard Trophy 07, Kevin Lowe Trophy 07, Paul Dumont Trophy 07, um, so nothing at the NHL level, but uh, yeah, he's. Did he not? He did. I don't think he qualified. Wait a minute. It only on Hockey Reference it only lists him having two Stanley Cups. Now I understand that the team Which won three. Which is not there. He's got two thousand eight nine Stanley Cup. Two thousand fifteen sixteen Stanley Cup. Um, what was the other one you said? 17, 18? Uh, yeah, 17. So in 2017, he didn't he play 16. played the exact minimum number of regular, regular season games, 41. We've talked about this before. 16, um, 17. He played 41 games, but he did not play in the playoffs. That's why he doesn't get credit for it. Um, I don't. Not. Not the topic, but um, I don't think you technically need to if you played oh, mm-hmm. because he was still with the team. It's not like he was traded away. No, no, I know. I know. I'm not I'm not trying to. I'm just saying that hockey reference only lists him as two. And that's what that's what I happen to be looking at when I said two time cup winner. So just continue um, on with the rest of the conversation. I'm sorry. I did not mean to distract. <laughs> speedy recovery and complete recovery. But make smart decisions um boston's scoring uh boston's home winning streak is not the only one or not the only long streak worth talking about mitch marner is has just broken the toronto maple leafs franchise record for scoring uh for a scoring streak he is at 19 games in a row and counting uh, and he hit the 19 mark with a shorthanded goal against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, is it a point streak or is it a goal scoring streak? Uh, I believe it's a point streak. Oh, okay. But 19 games. Either way, either way, 19 games is pretty impressive. 
and you're yeah. talking about an original six franchise. Um, yeah, that's he, a lot uh, of history going. That's that's going up against a lot of history and some of the names in that history. Oh yeah, like if, at the 18 game point streak, he tied, and that was against um, San Jose. Daryl Sitter and Eddie Olchuk uh, for when he when he actually tied the streak at 18, and I would not have actually guessed that Eddie Olchuk was had held that record. I didn't know he played that. I didn't know he played long enough in Toronto. Wow. Um. This is this is one of those this is another one of those players who like gets overshadowed somehow. Well, he gets overshadowed by the fact that everybody loves Austin Matthews. And I just look at his stats and I'm like, how do you forget he's there? This is to I I, I know we've discussed this in, on a couple of occasions, but this would be occasion number three where the play of one player makes the other player looked that much more ordinary, brilliant Malkin Crosby. I don't know that Crosby is why I like Malkin better. I think Malkin was the more over. And I think that Malkin gets way overshadowed by Crosby. Um, I think that Dreisaitl does the same for Connor McDavid, and I think that Mitch Marner does the same thing for Austin Matthews. Of the two, though, one, only one of them is above a point-per-game player this season. No. Mitch Marner has 31 points in 26 games. I mean, well, actually, I'm sorry. I misread that. Uh, Austin Matthews has 28 and 26. Um, and William Nylander is actually leading that team in goals. He's got 14 goals, 26 points, and 26 games. Mm-hmm. Yes, Austin Matthews is an amazing talent. He's not, I'm not saying amazing talent on the team. I'm not saying he's not. Uh, but if you were to, if I were given the choice, I would prefer to have, and I don't know how many people would make the choice, but given, I would prefer to have Mitch Marner instead of Austin Matthews. I know it sounds crazy. Oh my goodness, who would not want Austin Matthews? I would prefer to have Mitch Marner. You know, we talk about Toronto a lot. How have we how have people not noticed that they're actually getting goaltending right now? Ilya Samsonov, 924 save percentage. Matt Murray who I believe is still out or may just be back. I haven't actually looked. He's got a 921 save percentage. Now, neither one oh, of them no, no, no. has. Matt, Matt Murray, don't get me wrong. We've been discussing it. Matt Murray is a solid goaltender. And when, you when, I use, when I use the term solid, I mean solid in net. Not solid in the fact that he stays healthy for an 82-game season. When healthy, yes, he is a solid goaltender. The problem with Matt Murray and giving him huge long-term deals is that I don't know he can fulfill the contract. I have not seen evidence that he can stay healthy long enough for me to make him any kind of serious long-term deal. 
he's got a Stanley Cup win. He's got a Stanley Cup with the Penguins. He is a decent goaltender. He just is not never. He, he he's not healthy long enough for me to really trust him. Samsonov, or as he wants to pronounce now, Samsonov. Sergey, love you. Yes, we know. But I don't think he was given the opportunity in Washington. Getting away from the Capitals was probably a very good thing for him. Out of the spotlight, although Toronto, he wasn't going to be the number one, so doesn't necessarily have the spotlight thrust on him, except that he's behind a guy who has issues staying healthy, so steps in. I think that he's a decent, I thought that Samsonov was a decent goaltender and a good draft pick for the Capitals. And plus they got themselves two really good young. Oh wait, where did we see that before? Oh, the Bruins. Yeah. Two decent young goaltenders. What? Here's another really good thing for both of those goaltenders. Mm -hmm. No, Toronto doesn't really expect good goaltending. It's not I think that they I think they make deals. Yes, I think they make deals based on the fact that they know they're not going to have solid goaltending. Although like, they did bring in Fred Anderson and abuse him, but in Montreal they seem to believe that it's a human rights violation to not have a goaltender who's in the top 5. Uh, <laughs> human rights violation. Okay. Um I'm but like to remember to use that line. Look, it's the same way that people here expect a to have a goaltender, have a defenseman who's in the top ten in the league. Like it's well, well you did have Bobby Orr and Ray Bork, and that's the thing. It's basically been in both of our entire lives. Or Bork, Park, Chara, mm-hmm. Chara. Uh, uh, love me some Brad Park, yes. Uh, we've had that. It's the it's normal. They had you know Ruwa. They had Dryden. They had two or three other guys who, uh, like they had Jocelyn Tebow when he was playing his best hockey. If memory serves. Well, they did have uh, yes, they had Carey Price. They they did have the other end of the spectrum. They had Red Light oh, Rasko. They had terrible ones too. I mean, Red Light Rasko got his nickname for a reason. Yeah, red light goes on behind him, goal scored. Anyway, <laughs> then they now, have then they have Theodore up there as well during his best years. Theodore, yes. Um, I am let's see, young. at the Rupe Hints contract extension. I'm actually going to let you run with this one for a couple of minutes because I know that you're going to want to. That they, that Rupe Hints got an eight year contract. What a surprise. I mean, here's the deal. Rupe Hintz, 26 years old, fifth in the NHL. How can you how can you not lock this guy up long term? It's ridiculous to think that he's actually not already locked up. I mean, but if you're going to turn around and give him a deal, eight, 8.45 million average annual value. Um Steel in day in 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 days where we're actually getting contracts closer to and depending upon your talent level north of ten million to get him locked up for less than nine. 
I think is a huge score. They scared me a little bit when they weren't offering Jason Robertson a deal, but they did finally come through. You've got one of the premier older players. Uh, oh, wait, he's probably from that draft. Oh, yeah, he is. They got Joe Pavelski, 37 years old, still having a huge career. Why would you not lock up Lupe Hintz? There's, they need to also lock up Jake Ottinger. Absolutely, but they I'm just, loving I'm loving this deal. Less than nine per year. I was expecting you to be a little more, a little less in love with it. Really? Well, you didn't really like the Jason Robertson deal. <laughs> have uh, you repented really. on that one? I have not. Well, Jason Robertson. Jason Robertson, the way he's playing right now is wow. I mean, I'm still I'm still baffled by the fact that it took them forever to sign him. Yes, I did. Yes. What the hell were you thinking in Dallas waiting that long? But it paid off. They got him signed. And, and he's actually, Jason Robertson's deal is actually lower than the Rupe Hintz's. I mean, mm-hmm. they're going to yeah. pay for that in the future. They're going to pay for what? Jason Robertson's deal? Jason Robertson's deal being lower than Rupe Hintz's because I think I still think Rupe Hintz uh, is a great player. I mm-hmm. think that Jason Robertson is probably a higher ceiling, though. Jason Robertson also is less than half as long as Rope Hintz. Uh, which means I think he's either going to get a super big contract when his when his deal is up, well, or he's just going to say, I'm not signing, I'm going elsewhere. Well, considering at the end of his deal, oh wait, still an RFA with arbitration rights. Yeah, but he's going <laughs> to... Okay. You talked about Jason Robertson, I mean, about Rupe Hintz, and there's really not much to complain about. Like, I'm just not complaining. nothing. I'm just not complaining at the fact that you've locked him up for for less than eight and a half million per year on an eight-year deal. Bear with me for a second. 26 points in 23 games is literally nothing to complain about ever from Rupe Hintz. Okay. Jason Robertson, on the other hand, in 24 games, has 39 points and has 22 goals in 24 games. His career high last year, 41 goals in 74 games. The pace he's on now, ridiculous. He might legitimately be our next 60-goal scorer in the NHL. Like, that's not even a broken pace. That's allowing for fallback to the mean. Okay. If he had 60 goals, mm-hmm. they need to – they just need – like, I like Jason Robertson a lot. This is a – anyone who lives anywhere they can watch Dallas hockey and isn't, what's wrong with you? Like, lit, literally, legitimately, what is wrong with you? Why are you not watching Jason Robertson? Like, 
my question has been for the last half decade, um, who is going to be the next great goal scorer uh, in the NHL? And we may have an answer to that. Connor McDavid? Connor McDavid is a good goal scorer. No. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> he's also way up there in Canada where most of us aren't going to see the games on a regular basis. Leon Dreisaitl? Still way up there in Canada where we're not going to see the games on a regular basis. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Um, mm, David Pasternak? Uh, you can make that very strong argument, but I think we've already seen him in the category before last season. Jason Robertson, we hadn't. His previous high before the 41 last year was 17. Yeah, he kind of he kind of threw off the curve, the, the, the grading curve. It, it went boom. <laughs> he went from, yep, NHL player to... What a uh, rocket Richard candidate to, but that's his pace this year. But that, I was going to say, but that's the thing is that everybody would, normal people would say, well, you know, he went from, he went from 17 and one, you know, first of all, he played 23 more games, but to go from 17 to 41 in 23 more games is still, uh, the curve is still steep. Yeah. But <laughs> he's showing, but to be almost not a point per game player, but to be almost a goal per game player, twenty two goals in twenty four games, I believe. It's broken. Yeah, twenty two and twenty four. That's a broken number. Like that's crazy. You have entered the cheat code that follows <laughs> a cheat code to get those numbers. So he's proving that last year was not just a one off or a fluke or a. Well, he had warm up act. (laughs) Yes. It was the Jason Robertson warm up act. That was him singing in the shower. Right now, he's on center stage with the big light. Everyone knew he could score coming into the year. Everyone knew he didn't really have a training camp. And he's still making people look bad every night. Yes. Speaking of looking bad. So wait a minute. So you're not a fan. Wait, wait, wait. Got to tie the bow. You're not the fan of the Rupe Hints extension or. I don't know how you justify the Rupe Hints contract as that much larger than the Jason Robertson contract. I I can justify it in one way. Go ahead. Rupe Hints, three years older. He's 26. This is. His big deal, because at the end of this contract, he's 34 years old. He's got this is his deal. It's it. Jason Roberts, Jason Robertson, at the end of his deal, still are still RFA arbitration eligible. Only 26 years old. He still has that either one eight year contract or a six and a three or a five and a two. Yeah, at twenty six, he can still go north of seven and three quarters. Guri, uh, uh, Gurionov, yeah. Rope hints eight, eight, eight and a half million is probably the ceiling. So I think that's how you can sell this: is that hints is getting his big deal now. That's it; he's done. Whereas Robertson still has another step to go. I can live with that argument. 
I don't necessarily love the argument, but I can live with the argument. Um, uh, and we're getting uh, some interesting voting on the proposed trade. Um, those of you who want to know should uh, wander over and vote yourself. Now, bad goals, fluky goals, weird luck. Corey Hart, of course. Or Carter Hart. Carter Hart, I'm sorry. I do that every time. <laughs> I should stop wearing my sunglasses at night. Fair or not. Enough. Um, other night, they're playing, I believe, they're playing Vancouver, of all teams. So the bad luck gods were clearly in the building. The puck is shot in from essentially the red line like a couple of feet inside the red line. It, the, the referee ducks, the referee ducks. That's not, that's never it a hits good thing. the backboard just outside the trap. Mm-hmm. So, you know, seven or eight feet wide of the net. Um, and bounces off the side of the net, bounces off his skate, bounces off his blade and goes into the net. Now, yes, I hate the way that goaltenders have been not sealing the post in the last half decade or so, and this is why. But Mm -hmm. tell me that you could reproduce this goal if you wanted to. Tell me that the best shots ever if you lined up the 25 best goal scorers in NHL history that you could re- you could reliably re- reproduce this this goal on on 1000 shots 5000 no. shots and i'm going to tell you no no there's there's not a chance it, <laughs> it kicks off of something kicks off but it it, it just there's no there's no right way to argue this because it kicks off the wall. It kicks off. At what point was, I mean, should Carter Hart have just played it with a stick and tried to clear it out? Should he have stayed on his skates? Should, if you watch him, he gets kind of, he, he, he kind of goes down into. He's, he's sort modified. of chasing the puck and attempting to seal the post at once and doing neither well. He's leaning out towards it. He's got his center of balance way off because I'm sorry, but you can't be on down on one knee with your shoulders behind with your shoulder and elbow behind your hip and over your ankle and be on balance, particularly not when you've got a goalie stick way out in the opposite direction. Wait, wait, wait. Um, was this was this icing? It doesn't. I don't think it was icing because, well, well, one it's one, had once head. it once it touches Carter Hart, it's not icing. But <laughs> it was not called icing because the official still had his head down by the time because you can't see him. He should be in the shot. Um, it is icing. Uh, number twenty-eight for Tampa Bay is behind the red line. He is literally clear. Called icing, though. But it was, it's not called icing, but he's in an icing position. 
unless they're shorthanded. I I didn't watch the game. I saw the goal. I saw the goal and some highlights. Yeah, no, I'm looking at the. That's what I'm saying. I'm looking or at the video. I saw the that's puck somebody... going into the net and some highlights, but whether mm-hmm. it's actually counted or not, where else this season than in a game between those two? <laughs> but something this de- just ridiculous Wrong. and unreproducible actually happen? Nowhere. 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 Like we've seen, we've seen these weird goals happen to teams that just cannot catch a break. Go rewind the uh, jump in the time machine and hop out back in the 2011 season. Um, That Vancouver Canucks goal that probably shouldn't have been counted. That Uh went way high off the board bounces uh, down. Some people will say it hit the netting. Others will deny it to the end of the day. I believe it was against San Jose Sharks, and that's the goal that wins the series. And it probably shouldn't have counted. And it probably shouldn't have counted. Yeah. This is, like, this goal makes no sense to me. Like, I don't understand the physics of this goal. I don't know that there are physics to explain the goal. I don't know that I want to try and explain the goal. You could talk about the, you could certainly talk about, you know, the energy transfer, the kinetic energy, um, the, uh, how the, how the net and the side of the skate accelerated, changed the angle. It still doesn't make sense. Nope. No, no, <laughs> it still doesn't make sense. And Not supposed to. Carter Hart, if he literally has just has his skate straight up and down on the ice there, that puck probably doesn't go in. That's what I'm saying. Should he have should he have played it standing up and just tried to like well, stick it away or something? No, no, no. I, well, even if he had if he had been standing up, yeah, that puck doesn't go in if he's got his legs closed. I mean, it's bouncing enough that it might have gone over it, his it, over it, his foot. And into, in between his legs? It literally but, hit the boards, came out, hit the bottom of the pads, not the side, not the front. It literally hit the bottom, like the same the yeah. same side as the skate. It hit the bottom of the pad, bounced off that, off the skate, and into the net. <laughs> I, I, You're I not just, making that yeah. trick shot again. I don't care how many times you call it. <laughs> like, it can be 5,000 times with all from the best goal scorers ever. Um, Gretzky's not making that shot. Ovechkin's not making that shot. shot. (laughs) Bobby Hull's not making that shot. Uh, Even Jason Robertson would have would have trouble making it. And, and I'd settle, I'd settle on watching him actually try. (laughs) Now, speaking of watching someone make a shot, Mm Hmm. The other night in a game that, quite frankly, was a slop fest. No, slop fest can be fun. No. Buffalo and New Jersey, uh, Buffalo and Detroit, rather. Mm hmm. Jack Quinn may have set himself up for Father of the Year next year because 
he may have made a baby with like 20 million people with that goal in the shootout. He does literally everything necessary to score and makes it look easy. Like literally everything and makes it look easy. He comes in from who's that in who's that in net for Detroit is my question. Someone embarrassed. Uh, no, it's Nadalkovic. And yes, he laid on the ice because I'm sure he was embarrassed. I mean, in his defense, the number of moves that Jack Quinn makes, and even still, Nadalkovic is in a wicked split. I'm not talking butterfly. I'm oh, talking Nadal- he's in full blown split, Nadal- and Jack Quinn still reaches around him. Delkovic did everything that any goalie could, except maybe try for a poke uh, poke check. But if he had done gone for a poke check, it, it, it Quinn would, would, could easily have just tossed it right through the pads because he was still uh, he was still up at that point. Actually, I take that back. He did try the poke check. I think he might have tried it slightly too late. But Jack Quinn, oh wow. Love, love, love this thing. Did you not see the goal scored in 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 actual game speed by David Pasternak on Pablo Franco's not the other night in the Colorado game? That was pretty. Yes, but we're used to pasta doing pasta pa- stuff. Yeah, I guess Jack Quinn is just new. He's and, the new. He's the shiny new toy. <laughs> and as much as I, as much as the Buffalo Sabers are not going to the playoffs this year, you have to have hope for them. Like, but we've been. I mean, you have to have hope for them because they have your your Wubby, Tage Thompson. They have Jack Quinn. They have many youngsters. But even. Like, even some of the old guys in Buffalo are playing Jeff some Skinner. of their best hockey in years. Is Skinner like, having himself a decent season finally? Because he struggled Jeff a little bit. Pozo is, is playing respectably at this point. Isn't Kyle Pozo the only place he plays well is in Buffalo? Uh, I think you're thinking of... Um, well, I'm thinking of David Perron. I'm thinking of David Perron, who only plays well in St. Louis. But I thought Kyle Pozo only played well in Buffalo. I don't know. But like Rasmus Dahlin has been having a good season out there. Owen uh, Power is number one, both number expected one expected to be picks. is expected to be an elite goal to, uh, elite defenseman. And the number of times I heard Casey Fitzgerald's name uh, when the Bruins played Buffalo the other night, pretty high indication that people are paying attention to him. I mean, Kyle Poso. Uh, is over half a point a game already this year. He's actually one of the few players who's at a better than even plus minus. Um, which is an accomplishment on a team as far down in the standings they are. It's not a it's not a great stat overall, except comparing to the team. But I mean, I agree. I I think there has to be some kind of hope in Buffalo. I. <sighs> Kyle might actually get to play his thousandth NHL game. It's might it might not be with the Buffalo Sabers because I believe his contract ends at the end of this year. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he might actually get a contract next year uh, somewhere. It probably will not be at the $6 million or so cap hit he's got this year. But but you got Alex Takuba traded there. Yeah. Dylan Cousins, Victor Ola. I mean, they've got a decent it, – it is a decent team. There has to be hope. I think that one thing they need to do is build out beyond the Owen Power, Rasmus Dahlin on defense. And, and shore up the Jeff other Skinner's two. at 25 points in 24 games Tuck's at 23 and 24 Cousins is at 21 and 24 they need to shore um, up goaltending you can't rely on yeah. Craig Anderson even and, though Craig Anderson is having a 916 save percentage on that team <laughs> that team he's oh, the nice. oldest player in the league he's 41 42 something like that your other will be, uh, or former will be, I'm assuming, Ukapakalukanen is hey, having. Um, I don't know what's wrong struggles. with him. Yes, he is. I don't know what's wrong with him. I'm going to call it struggles because uh, otherwise we'd just have to use words like suck. <laughs> it's okay to use words like suck. Those numbers suck. Uh, you're saying an 8.55 save percentage isn't good enough. <laughs> One of the other young goaltenders that I like, Cal Peterson, out in L.A. Suck. He just can't seem to get his head out of certain places it shouldn't be. And it sounds to me like Ugo Pekalukin is in the same situation. So, yes, you cannot rely on a 42-year-old goaltender. I don't care. Craig Anderson, best bad team goaltender I've ever seen. As far as I can tell, I mean, and the other problem is you don't know who your guy is there. Carmen's no. played 11 games. Anderson's Literally played 10 no, games. Yes. Uko's played. You don't know. I, I don't know. You get the feeling you don't know who's going to be in net from one night to the next. Uh, but Craig Anderson, yeah, he needs to find a solid defensive team for the last year of his, for the last years before he decides to hang it up. So he can actually go out on a winning note because Buffalo, God love them. They got all the talent, but they're not putting it together or it's taken longer than expected, whatever the situation is. The window for Buffalo is not quite open yet, and I don't expect Craig Anderson to still be an NHL player when it does open. Yeah, I Um, I certainly. Another team whose window is not quite open is the – Ottawa Senators. Ottawa. Well, the Brian Reynolds buys the team. We'll be all set. But uh, yeah, but they're actually <laughs> in the, uh, they're actually tied with they're actually tied with Buffalo for, in terms of points and points percentage. Um, I, I, Buffalo edges them very very slightly in goal differential, but they're both 10, 13, and one uh, twenty one points. Um, Buffalo has the <laughs> Win, uh, regulation or overtime wins lead. Does that mean we got this wrong? What? We've both been touting the possibilities in Ottawa. I mean... I don't think we're wrong. I think that the problem in Ottawa is that uh, you have to remember that Shabbat is hurt. 
or has been hurt has been hurt and been out for a while. Do they need a coaching change? I read that somewhere that oh, oh, they need a coaching DJ change. Smith probably gets um, lambasted. Uh, that's a very gentle term for what happens if you look at uh, Reddit's senators forum. Very gentle. Uh, there's a lot of bowel. We're only allowed to use certain right. words on this show, okay? <laughs> I'm trying to expand the vocabulary without going into the negative or the dark negative. <laughs> Whatever. Well, dark negative is what is exactly what's happening, unfortunately. Um, and I don't know 100% if it's him. Um, I, I think that there's certainly a case that can be made for needing a coaching change, but it has to be the right coaching change because, no, this is not a team where I think that a Barry Trotz or Claude Julian highly defensive system or defense first and second and offense third system is going to work. Um, they've had yeah. not just Shabbat, but Artem Zub, who they tend to rely on out for a good portion of the season. Looked like a solid uh, player when they played when when Ottawa played Boston. Absolutely. Um, I think but, that they're another team that needs to work on that whole goaltending issue. But that's that's another issue. Yeah, maybe Craig Anderson can go back there. I mean, he's clearly going no. to play another three or four seasons. Um, based on how well he's doing right now. But I wanted to talk about uh, Brady Kachuk setting up another franchise record uh, since we've talked about a couple of those today. What did did Brady do today? uh, It's a good thing. He picked up – he is the first player in Senators history with a Gordie Howe hat trick and an overtime winner in the same game. Senators are not the so, oldest franchise, but that's still about 27, 28 years, I think, at this point. All right. So I'm so was the the goal portion of the Gordie Howe hat trick, the overtime winner, or did he get two goals? I would have to double check that. Yeah, um, I, 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 I'm just uh, just a curiosity. And I'm not uh, I'm impressed that you can get the Gordie Howe hat trick because the way it's worded and an overtime winner, it sounds like he scored the Gordie Howe hat trick in regulation and then got the overtime winner. Uh, let me look at the game stats. I oh, don't go crazy with it. I was just curious with a Gordie Howe hat trick and an OT winner in the same game. So it sounds to me like he scored two goals. Yep. Two goals, one assist, uh, five for, uh, five, five for fighting. fighting. Nice. Power play goal or one power play point, um, 19 minutes and 10 seconds, 29 shifts in that game. No matter how hard they try, they will never get fighting out of hockey. And I wish they'd I wish they'd stop trying so hard. Yes. Um, We're running close to our time. So we're going to talk real, real quick about. Congratulations, Brady. uh, Yes. Congratulations, Brady Kachuk. Last week. Uh, we threw up the poll during the show based on the standings today, which obviously would have been a week ago. Um, which is the most surprising NHL team this season? We had Seattle Kraken, New Jersey Devils, and Florida Panthers. And the team, the uh, vote came down to over a three-day period. Exactly the um, team who is statistically, although not in points percentage, 
uh, but in total points at the top of the NHL right now, the New Jersey Devils. The New Jersey Devils have the most points in the league today. Heading into action, 25 games, 41 points, an 820 points percentage, a plus 36 goal differential, 9-3-1 and one at home, 11-1 and one on the road, 8-1-1 um, one and one in their last 10. Look, everyone, I know I that I know that people want them this to be an illusion. They want it to be smoke and mirrors. What, nah. New Jersey, yeah. Uh, like I said, I think now we have to accept New Jersey as for real. They may not finish where they're currently sitting, but they will be in the playoffs. And they we'll have, have so accept. many players scoring multiple goals. It's just. Like, so we have we have two positive surprises and one negative because the Florida one would be surprised at where they're not actually performing as well as they should be. Absolutely. And they, and so I'm I'm kind of not surprised that they finished third because most people would look at this list and go, wow, surprised that New Jersey's doing so well. Wow, surprised that Seattle's doing so well. Then you have to kind of twist your thinking. Go, wow, surprised that Florida is performing as poorly as they are. I don't know. To me, it just seems like. I mean, the, I think I, looking at the uh, looking at their points uh, at their stats. Because in some ways, I am surprised about Florida. I mean, I know we talked about this, so. I I still firmly believe that the personality shift in the locker room is a big part of it, uh, but we'll look at it a little bit more later. Also, Dougie Hamilton is still producing right now. Wasn't he supposed to be dead? Like Dougie Hamilton? He got moved what, again to somewhere. What? No, he's still in New Jersey. He oh, was that's supposed right. To be moved. He was supposed to be, and he's been in New Jersey for years. But like, he was supposed to not be able to skate anymore. We were told that his career was basically over. Really? He has slowed down. There's no question about that. But in 25 games this year. He's, He's only 14 points off of the 30 points that he put up in 62 games last year. And he's in fourth in scoring for the team. Nico Heischer, who everyone seems to have written off, mm-hmm. um, 26 points in 24 games, is only good enough for third on this team. You know, first round pick, 23 years old, having a what we'll call a to-date career year. Um, he had 60 points in 70 games last year. He's got 10 goals already in 24. Uh, I mean, this is a phenomenal pace. And then you got Jesper Bratt, who last year the two of us talked about as being the best-kept secret in the league. He may yeah. still be the best-kept secret in the league because... He's got 27 points in 25 games, and I haven't heard his name on anything but a New Jersey Devils broadcast all year long. It's the Devils. You won't hear his name anywhere except for in a Devils broadcast for a while. Until or unless you're hearing about the guy 
the guy leading their team in scoring, and Brat has an assist on his goal. Because Jack Hughes is doing everything they expected him to when they drafted him first overall in 2019. Orlando, Florida's very, very own Jack Hughes, 29 points, plus 11, three game winners, 12.6 shooting percentage, which means, yeah, that's probably sustainable. So then, 16 assists in 25 games. So then how is Seattle in second? Well, I can tell you how Seattle's in second, actually. Because, again, they only have two players who don't actually have points. They're um, doing it by committee. Like, it's... It's... It's a Belichickian system of winning. Burakovsky, 25. Everly, 22. Nobody, there's nobody. The top goal scorer on this team is Jared McCann with 11. And then Matty Beniers, the rookie, with 10. Nobody's blowing the doors off of goal scoring races on this team. Yep. And nobody's really sparking sparkling excuse me sparkling in net because Martin Jones now his goals against is only a 2.9 but his save percentage is an 8.93 there's nothing like over there's nothing shocking about Seattle but they're getting it done they're in second place yes okay Pacific is squishy tired of saying it but they're getting it done Yeah, it's the. I find it more shocking that Seattle is for real. Than I, 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 I actually think that would be my vote if I were to go on. I'd actually be more surprised at where Seattle is than where New Jersey is. And let me and I'll defi- I'll define that reason this way. If you had to ask me which team is more likely to win their first round series. I'm going with New Jersey. Yes. I'll it's that simple. Um, hey, I, I just Florida. Are they even coming up? Are they? They're actually in second wild card spot now. Second wild card spot means I don't want to play them when they get to the playoffs. Well, that's who the Bruins would be playing if the playoff. Your favorite phrase if the playoffs ended today. My least favorite phrase. Um. And did we have our way with Florida? I don't remember if Florida was a good opponent or a bad one, but I think Florida was the one that they lost. Uh, the Panthers. Yeah. When they, they went on the Florida the trip, they lost to the Panthers. Yes. Yeah, it was a reasonably close game. It wasn't a complete embarrassment, but I I think that Florida is Florida is going to be a much tougher out. I think they're built more for the playoffs than they are for the regular season. Um, because I think that when Matthew Kachuk starts smelling blood in the first round, mm-hmm. he's just going to pick the whole damn team up and carry them with him. Like, he's that sort of dude. Um, 
I was looking around. I haven't seen a more recent number, but roll back the calendar to October. Mm-hmm. Next year's cap could go up, uh, is expected to increase by at least $4 million, which means expected that... Expected to or could? Expected to, no. This is straight from the words of Commissioner Gary Bettman. Okay. Um, NHL salary, uh, and this is a story dated October 18th of this year. Uh, NHL salary <laughs> cap could increase by at least $4 million in 23-24, contingent upon escrow debt from players being repaid in full by end of season, Commissioner Bettman says. Okay. So if there's a $4 million increase in cap space, uh, and it, that's known before the before the uh, but if, like if it's known by the draft what the cap is going to be. Why are the players paying the league for the privilege of playing hockey? Because they have the worst negotiators on the planet and have two. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're paying for the privilege of playing hockey and getting paid for it. So basically, you're paying yourself interesting yeah. interesting um, and I, also I, because and I'm also sure because Arizona has a 5,000 seat arena <laughs> no and Arizona doesn't have a home campus. Arizona what? State <laughs> Arizona doesn't have a home Arizona State has a 5,000 seat arena <laughs> um, but if it goes up to 86 87 million I think, and we, and the numbers are available and reasonably solid before the draft. I think we may see more trades between the end of the season and the start of free agency than we've seen in a decade. I have wait, 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 wait. I have discovered the excuse of why Sweeney has not re-signed Pasternak. Um, too busy taking a remedial drooling class. Well, that would be one. The other one would be this very. The other one would be this very article. Oh, we the salary cap could go up, so we we can't sign them yet because we don't know what we're going to actually have for money. It might go up, but it might not go up. But this is his excuse, right here, on my computer screen. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> That's not working for you? No. We were talking about the uh, Sabres a minute ago, and before we actually hang up for the day, mm-hmm. it's worth noting that as fantastic as it is to watch the best moments of the Buffalo Sabres games and prognosticate the future right now. Okay. Seven of their roster players, seven, seven. are on their entry-level contracts. Dylan wow. Cousins, Peyton Krebs, Jack Quinn, John Jason Petrica, uh, Matias Samuelson, Owen Power, and your wubby, Ukapeka Lukanen. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with him, but I'm... Hmm. Seven. That's one of the youngest teams, or at least youngest, or most entry-level contracts that we've seen since Marner and Matthews and company came up five or six years ago. Well, 
yeah, Marner's Matthew, Marner, Matthews, Nylander. Um, was Kasperi Kapanen on an entry level there, at that yeah. time too? Yeah. I know he was drafted by the Penguins, went to went to Toronto, and then somehow to, somehow Pittsburgh said, oh, he screwed up and traded to get him back. But anyway. And if you look in their system, not to throw Boston entirely under the bus, but uh, anyone looking really closely or not very closely at the non-roster players uh, in the Buffalo system. Yes. They have 16 forwards uh, on their uh, as part of the non-roster obligations. Yeah. Only two of them are not on entry-level contracts or don't have slide risk. Um, none of them, almost none of them are over the age of, like, 23. You have uh, Linus Weibach at 24. You have... Uh, Brandon Biro at twenty, at twenty four, but those guys both still have slide risks. They uh, only Sean Malone and Anders Bjork. Uh, Anders Bjork being a decrepit twenty six year old um, of their non roster forwards are not uh, like have have to pass through waivers. Wow. Like, the future so, is bright in Buffalo. I was going to say, are they built for the future, or is, this a, or is this a gamble? Everything's a gamble. I'm willing. I'm more willing to bet looking at how young their system is and how much, how many opportunities they have to get better. Um, I think they last, need to work on the defense. They, need, they do need to work on the defense and need to find a young goalie solution. Um, but I think that's everything for us. Um, we talked about Jack Quinn. Um, we talked about Brady Kachuk. We talked about Mitch Marner and Rupe Hintz and Chris Letang. Uh, we talked about a potential trade for Brock Besser. We talked about the flukiest of fluke goals ever. Um... A poll for this week, poll for last week. We talked about the athletics power rankings, mm-hmm. and we wandered all over the place. Otherwise, as usual. So, uh, so just to tie a nice little, nice little bow on it. Salary cap going up one million. Do we expect this, or what is your thought? Because if Batman is willing to say four million in October, yeah, and we haven't had any shutdowns, we haven't had any reinstatements of COVID protocols. We haven't had, um, no one's building has caught on fire or any other disasters like that. Um, I think that that's probably a conservative number, especially where he says at least by like 4 million or more. I don't think that we're going to see a $10 million cap increase because there's, there's really only so much it can go up at once, but it wouldn't surprise me if it was closer to five and a half, five and three quarters than just a flat four million. Um, this is based as much on my observation of Gary Bettman as anything else, because he's not going to overstate something like that. Um, I, I mean, he knows he's never going to be in the right in the eyes of a lot of fans, 
No, and he he actually revels in that when you watch him at the end of the year and he's giving out oh. awards and the fans boo him. He actually eggs them on. So he does. But the reason why I'm asking and the reason why I have questions is this one little paragraph that says we believe there is a good probability that the escrow will be paid off this season. It may not be, but it's going to be close, we think, which means the flat cap will be replaced by a bigger increase. Revenue is pretty vibrant. We did five point four billion, blah, 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 which is actually about half a billion more. It, it, there's things are good. We projected a year ago. It, 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 I'm just not seeing solid. I'm seeing a lot of good probability and it that, might you're happen. Not and gonna see, you're not going to see him make the sort of statement. He's not going to make absolute statements. He never makes absolute statements. I understand. I, I understand that, but that's money. also why I understand that, but that's also why I'm hesitant. I'm I'm excited if we can go up that high because, yeah, any salary increase is going to help as far as keeping the franchise, any franchise. It's going to help them keep their star players and what. I just I want to hold back my excitement. Is what I'm saying. I'm not getting excited yet because there's still plenty of time for bad and stupid and dumb to happen. <laughs> yeah, um, there's always time for that. But my 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 genuine projection, and I will start looking at some of the attendance numbers really soon, um, probably after the first of the year, yeah. uh, just so we get the month of December added in there. Uh, my gut says, yeah, we're going to. We're going to hit that a cap. We're going to see a cap increase. I think there's at minimum a 75, 80 percent chance of a cap increase. But you got to uh, figure that of any kind. up in Canada. So that alone has got to help. What's up in Canada? Attendance is up. You've got to figure attendance is up in oh, Canada. Yeah. I mean, full buildings now and, and whatnot. So attendance has got to be an increase in Canada, which means that there's more revenues coming in. So yeah, I can, I want to, I want to be hopeful. I just need to hold back is what I'm saying. That's all. Um, I was just curious. One other, one other way of looking at it. Um, having talked to a friend who's in, uh, who's a, I think he's, he's an accountant, but he's degree. He also studied economics. When, the U.S. dollar is stronger than is significantly stronger than the Canadian dollar. Mm-hmm. It's good for the Canadian economy um, because of how much money goes north with oil purchases and stuff like that. Yes. Um, having studied economy myself, having been an economics major myself, I agree. Yes. And the U.S. dollar is up against the Canadian dollar uh, based uh, over this time last year. It is. Um, so worth noting, um, it's still not going to make me buy Canadian maple syrup over Vermont or New Hampshire. But <laughs> no, and I wouldn't expect you to. Neither would I. Um, and that, hockey fans, is where we leave you. Have an awesome week. Uh, spend some time with friends and family. Spend a few minutes just enjoying being who you are. Uh, I had a great conversation with another friend of mine on Friday night. All we did was talk for two and a half hours. 
Um, and I felt better having done so than I had in a couple of days. Take care. <laughs>